Good afternoon or morning or whenever you're listening to it, baseball fans. Uh, welcome to the Diamond Digest podcast. Uh, I'm Adam Copley, joined by Christian Lloyd and Ryan Rudy. Um, this was not a planned episode. We uh, Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties with the hot mic stream, so this is basically our apology to our fantastic fans. So, uh, you know, th- there's been a lot of recent news almost in baseball in terms of, especially the, bi- the big one has been the no off days in the playoffs and the bubble and the idea that we may be seeing this 16 team playoff for more than just one season. So, uh, you know, I think we're just going to start it off. I think that the 16 team playoff is probably the biggest story around town right now. So, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on this new rule? Okay. So, I am for the expanded playoffs, but I, I want to preface that with I do not like 16 teams in there in anything other than this specific 60-game season. In a 162, if you want to expand it, I am cool with 10 teams or 12 teams. I do not want uh, 16, is it right now? Yeah. Not at all. Um, I, but I do think uh, expanded playoffs is better for baseball. Rudy, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm I pretty much agree with all that. I mean, I think there's a lot of playoff formats that you could come up with that help you incorporate more teams in a way that's a lot more beneficial for baseball and, you know, doesn't doesn't really provide the possibility of getting playoff teams and giving them the opportunity to actually advance in the playoffs that don't necessarily deserve to be there. You know, we've yeah. went from... With the addition of the wild card, we went from the, the sentiment teams. that, yeah, six teams to eight and eight teams to ten. And, you know, the old sentiment was that it took away from the game a little bit when that playoff race was lost. When, mm-hmm. um, And so now that's going to be gone entirely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my biggest issue with it. Season? Yeah. My biggest issue with it would be that you just, I mean, not only are you, there's a good chance that you have multiple sub-500 teams in the playoffs, but why, like, especially with the way it is this year, you take away all incentive, not just to win your division, but to even have divisions. What's the point of, look at the NBA right now, because the NBA is a 16-team playoff. Nobody cares about the division races in the NBA. No one's like, oh, are the Celtics going to win the Atlantic this year? It's what seed in the East will the Celtics get? It's not. It's never about actually winning your division. And the, and the NBA actually got rid of the rule a couple of years ago that gave you an automatic top three seed with um with uh the um sorry where the I'm I'm sorry about that where the NBA gave you an automatic top three seed. So the divisions don't matter in the NBA, but they are. I love division races in the MLB. I think it's a really important part of the game to make sure that, that those divisional races, that winning your division means something. That at the very least, I mean, right now it's a top three, it's a top three seed. So, like, it's very important that when you have these teams coming down, that even if 
you win 103 games and 102 games, you winning your division means something versus winning 103 games and then going and playing a 78-win team. And it doesn't matter because you, you it's a two out of three series and it's a crapshoot. Crap <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's not a, there's not there's no sport that's a bigger crapshoot than baseball. I Every agree. single game. I, I think there was a study done that for baseball to have the better team advancement rate of like the NBA, points. it would be best of seventy five. Awesome. Like you there's no sport where if you win um I mean yeah, where best team wins every year. Besides the NBA. And baseball, I mean, baseball, look at, look at some of the world, some world Series champions. Obviously, there's a lot of teams that end up winning their World Series that are and are the best team in baseball. But there's also, yeah, I mean, look at some of the Royals. Teams. 2015 some Royals. Those, yeah, 2015 Royals. Royals some, of those, some of those Giants teams, I mean, they were not the best teams in baseball. They, Giants were never last, the best team in any yeah, of the three years they won. They weren't close to the best year, teams. Last year's Nationals, too. Last year's uh, Nationals were yeah. not the best team in the base in baseball. They weren't close no. to it, but they, they got worse great the year prior. Yeah. yeah, baseball is a great sport because of that. Because you can, because these, because anyone anything can happen. But it's not great when you tell a hundred and ten team, a hundred ten win team, or even better yet, tell a team who's comfortably in a playoff spot entering September, just rest all your best players. Because why would you risk injury when literally the games don't matter? Because you're, you're going to go into a two out of three crapshoot no matter what. Especially if you have comfortable home field advantage. Like, I, I don't... The only way I see a 16-game 16 16 season happening is a... Is if the home teams, or at least, no, if, is if the division winners automatically go up one nothing. In that or, best of three or they have a bye week. I think a, I think baseball, if they implement a bye week, that would be significantly better. Like a whole, yeah. like, like a whole week in, they, in between regular season playoffs. No, like uh, the top teams, they get that first uh, series. They just need a bye. They don't. They don't play that. So, they, yeah. No, I fully agree with so that. The only problem is sixteen teams. Yeah, that, that's what you need to do. Yeah, you would either need sixteen, 16 or you would need no matter 19. what. Sixteen is bad. Yeah, sixteen yeah. cannot. Yeah. Yeah, you guys need you guys need less you than just sixteen. Can't have more than half the league. Yeah, yeah. half the league can't make the playoffs. Um, because I, you, if you can finish, bro. Uh, um, so with uh, you're talking about the divisions and why it matters more and doesn't matter in the NBA. In the NBA, those bottom tier teams, you know, they're never going to win. So the, I don't know. I, I've always felt like uh, the divisions for them have never mattered when. When uh, lower teams make it, they have a genuine chance, as you were saying, in the playoffs or baseball. So yeah. I, and I, I think uh, you'll never lose that uh, that side of uh, division importance for baseball. Yeah, yeah, that's not fair. But but like you were saying, like for the MLB, you need bye weeks or you need the one nothing. So that's why sixteen is literally the worst possible number because yeah. ten you give the three teams the bye week from the wild card. 12, you give two teams a bye week. 14, you give one team a bye week. 16, you no one gets a bye week. Even if you go to 18, in that case, all three teams will get a bye. So, like, just 16 is the... And they should not go to 18. I'm not saying they should go to 18. But 16 is just a atrocious idea. I don't know. There's not... There's nothing... There's no benefit. And I do agree with something I've seen is that I think this year's playoffs are going to be really fun to watch as a baseball fan. 
because yeah. you're going to have days straight of, especially in this first round, of just every game is so big. Game one of the ALDS is big, but not like game one of this wild card round. Yeah, I, the ALGS, similar to the NBA, has always been, uh, like, you care about it if you're a fan of those teams, but if you're not a fan of those teams, you're not really that invested yeah. until it's game no, five or it's the next series. Exactly. Yeah, right so this now, is going to be like game. March Madness. It's going to be like March Madness. That's what, that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, you're going to have game after game after game. I think you're, they said you're going to have how many? Eight games on, two, on back-to-back days. Yeah. At least, yeah. At least on one day, maybe on two. Like, it was back-to-back days. I mean, that's going to be amazing. So yeah. Pitch is going to be huge. I mean, but if you change 16 teams, I just, I think that this is a great thing for one year. But my biggest fear, pretty much, is that fans hate this, but obviously, the MLB doesn't really take into consideration what fans think. So while fans don't like this, the owners love it because they get more playoff revenue. And I think the players would like it because they want to make the playoffs more. They get playoff bonuses and stuff like that. So why wouldn't they want to add more playoff teams? Like, I don't see I – don't, I don't know what side is the voice of reason for fans here and are like, listen, fans will hate this. Because the only teams that aren't going to like it are the Yankees and the Dodgers and those – Best of the best oh. of the best teams that will just get a buy, but the Angels and all those bubble teams are going to love it. Yeah, as a fan of the Angels and just those bubble teams as a general, I love expanded playoffs. I think it's needed. I think any team that finishes above 500 and doesn't make the playoffs, they're getting punished for no reason right now. You don't get a good pick. You get a mid-tier pick. You don't get nothing. Like you're just you're screwed out of everything. It's always the worst position to be in. Um. Those fans, I don't think they hate expanded playoffs. Angels fan base, they certainly don't. They would love it. Any any of those teams, like Dodger fans, I get it. Why why would you care about the regular season right now? But like, Dodgers have a fan base. They're not going to lose that fan base. The Yankees have a fan base. It doesn't matter growing those teams and their fan bases. You need to grow these fan bases that aren't making the playoffs all that often. I've always been mid tier. Get them better, get them more in the playoffs, get them more exposure. That's how you grow the game more. And that's why I think this is better for baseball. Not 16 teams. 16 or just expanded, yeah. Just expanded. Not 16, that's aggressively stupid. But they need to to raise it up, yeah. I honestly think getting up to 14 would be fine. 14 would be bad, yeah. 14's not terrible. I I think 12 is perfect, though. I'd probably go with 12 myself, yeah. Um, yeah. One expect- argument that I I've think, seen. Good, good. I think 14 is the number where, you, like you're saying, like if you w- are above 500, I think 14 is about the number where you get all the teams that are legitimately above 500 into the mm-hmm. playoffs. Like we just published an article today, and Michael Shopoff wrote it. And if if so, if the 16 team playoff format had been instituted for every year from 1995 to 2019, that 25 year span. You would have had 39 out of 400 playoff teams in that time would have been under 500. So essentially, you're taking you've got about 10 percent. If you're moving to a 16-team playoff format permanently, you've got about 10 percent of your playoff teams in whatever sample, assuming that's representative of every any given year. Yeah, you've got 10 10 percent of your playoff teams are going to be under 500. So I think trimming that just a little bit to four, 14 teams would be the right number. But I also Four. think that 12 would be perfectly fine. 
yeah, within yeah, that uh, range is good. Yeah. Sure. I think that there's a bigger. I think that the issue in terms of what you were saying about those mediocre teams getting kind of screwed, and that that happens in every sport. I mean, if you look at like, I remember like you know, I was talking to Scott on the Don't At yeah. Me podcast, and like you know, he's Pistons a Pistons fan. Always. They're always in that spot. Like you know, those, those teams that that circle around 500. I don't think that they do get a little screwed, which is why I don't think it would be terrible of the MLB to put in a draft lottery because that does. Because you know, if you put in a lottery, there's there still will be tanking because you want the best odds no matter what. And I do think the bad teams need the best players. That's a big thing. And baseball, also, you, you know, there's your free agency is very very big in baseball. But at the same time, I don't know if you particularly need like all of them to get in. But I th- I think twelve is just I I honestly think every sport should go to twelve. I think I've been saying that for a while. Like, I think football does it so perfectly where you, if you are dominant, most likely. I mean, so there are sometimes thirteen and three teams that have to play as three seed. But if you're dominant, usually you're going to get a buy. Mm-hmm. And if you are able to luck into your division, you still have to get through that first round. And you still let two good wild card and baseball will be three good wild card teams get in. I think that I honestly have had no problem with ten. I mean, I'm obviously a Yankee fan. They've been in pretty. I mean, they've been they've had to play in a lot of wild card games lately. But so I mean, I think the wild card game is a great thing for the sport. I think it's kind of it's yeah. insane. Like I, you know, being in those games is just so nerve wracking, and your your entire season comes down to one game. But yeah, I mean, it's not under ten years. The wild card game has given us some of the best playoff games. Yeah, I mean, baseball. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not a like it, it's it's so good because usually the four and the five seed are pretty closely matched. Yeah, talent wise, they're neck and neck always. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees played a ninety-seven win Oakland team, I think, a couple years ago. The year before, they played like an eighty-eight win Minnesota team, so that was pretty. Uh, Big gap because Yankees won like 100 games, but yeah, but that was also with their division because of how poor yeah. the bottom feeders are on that within there. Yeah, exactly. But like, if you go to the 16 team now, it's instead of one awesome game between two good teams, you have three games between an amazing team and what could end up being a below average baseball team, just a just fully a below average team. You could have the Miami Marlins beat the Dodgers in the first round. Well, that's a real possibility this year. And the yeah, Marlins are playing good baseball. They're a fun team, but they're not a good team. They're not a good team. No, would, we, everyone knows it. it would be Same with bad. the Tigers. And... Yeah, it would be bad for the sport if the Dodgers are eliminated in the first round. They're the best team in baseball. They're fun to watch. Like, they're so good. It would, it would hurt the legitimacy of the year if they're just eliminated – I mean, this year is just crapshoot. I'm fine with it this year. But if next year they play 162 games, they win 110, and then they go and lose to a 77 win team, I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's a. Te- yeah. It would be terrible. You feel cheated out of everything. I, I exactly. do get yeah. that. Um, which is thing, which is why 16. I think everyone has agreed. No, you can't do 16. We're thankful Manfred can't impose this. There's a CBA coming up this off season. That's going to be one of the biggest talking points. That mm. and like um. Uh, I forgot about that. Service time. Yeah. Yep. The offseason this year is going to be bad for that sole reason. Like, it's going to be a really interesting time for baseball. Serv- I mean, I-, I was scared. 
I I I felt like this year's go this year's negotiations were kind of going to be like a pre predecessor to the CBA negotiations, and they did not go well. So I am terrified for a strike. Yeah. And players aren't happy with Rob Manfred at all. You, Trevor Bauer, as we've seen, is he's not yeah. happy. They're, no one's happy with him or with anyone within them. Yeah, Rudy, what are you saying? But, um, yeah, like everyone's talking about how getting more fan bases involved in the postseason is a good thing. Except there's a point where that three-game divisional wild card playoff, whatever you want to call it, like how many fan bases like the Dodgers this season, if they do get eliminated, how long are fans going to take that? I mean, if you watch your team be legitimately the best team in baseball for a full season, and then you come into the playoffs and and lose in three games, like I would immediately never want to watch those playoffs again. Right, yeah, I agree. The, the way I would agree, but I still would watch them because I'm insane. Oh, yeah. No, like, you're going <laughs> to watch like, we are diehard fans. Is Casual fans. Yeah. Casual fans will be... That, that's what we need to appeal to. We don't need to appeal to people like you and I. We need to appeal oh. to casual fans. Which is, yeah, 16 is bad. Without a bye week, it's even worse. Like, Dodgers can't be going in a three-game series at all. The top no. teams, they should never play that three-game series. Ever. Cole yeah. just lost his no-hitter in the sixth. I'm sad. But, no, yeah, yeah. It's just that that the biggest issue here, I'm all for expanded playoffs. I think that, I mean, if you look at, like, the AL last year, you're not going to say a team deserve. there are there teams that really deserve to get in because the AL was very top-heavy last year. But if you look at the NL, there are a lot of really good teams that were just on that bubble. So, yeah. Same with the yeah. AL in 2018. I mean, the Mariners won mm-hmm. uh, 89 games, I believe. Like, it was teams that were right there that just... Yeah. But you still... I just don't... You have to make... I'm fine with extra playoff teams. And I th- that's why I think 12 is great. But you need an incentive to keep winning regular season games, and you need to make... You also, like, there's one that you have to make sure the Yankees don't win 115 games, or, I mean, 115 is a ton, obviously, but don't win 100-and-something games, and then and then lose a two-out-of-three game set. I mean, that two, losing two-out-of-three is so easy. Everyone loses two-out-of-three during overseason, even at home. Yeah. It's not really that big difference, but you also need... So there's that, and you also have to make sure that those September games still count somewhat. That teams are still... Because, I mean, we don't want... I mean, guys get a lot of rest in baseball, but you don't want load management like you see in the NBA. You don't want teams just saying, the regular season means nothing, so I'm just going to air it in and make sure... And Aaron Judge is only... We're just going to play... Like, this year, the Yankees cared so little about the regular season that every little injury that one of their guys had, they placed them on the I.L. Like, Judge's original injury, he ended up re-injuring and it got worse. But his original injury was a very little strain that would have kept him out two or three days in a 162-game season. But they were like, we're not taking any chances this year. Go on the IL. That will happen if you do this over 162 games and make it eight, oh, yeah. 16 playoff teams. Teams are going well, to be like, okay. That's another thing. That's another yeah. factor of it is, like, you know, at some point you're also, there's going to be a trade-off with, revenue and with fan interest in the regular season you know if, mm-hmm. if baseball already has an issue with fans not necessarily be, being willing to watch a whole bunch of baseball games you know if if i'm a fan of a good team and i see a game where several of the good players are out or even like a week you know a week in september 
where every single day you've got two or three of the team's best players benched. Like yeah. even good, even regular fans aren't necessarily going to love watching that. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I agree. Because you're a Laker fan, did you watch those bubble games, the regular season bubble games? Uh, I'm I'm not that big of a basketball fan. I haven't watched a regular season game in like ten years. <laughs> oh, so you're not uh, great. But <laughs> but not the best example for that. No. <laughs> but yeah, either way, I mean, if the Knicks were ever good and they were dominant, I would not be sitting down and watching every game just to watch it. Like I am yeah. with the Yankees right now. Like, the Yankees. I mean, right now it's different, obviously, because they're actually playing for something. But you want to make sure that teams are playing for something. And it's okay if they take the last two weeks off because something they're sealed. That's okay. But you don't want them to take the last two months off. Yeah. That's you the can have an entire September of just the 40 prospects. It's, that wouldn't normally get time. It, it's yeah, a good it's thing that we big... will never have that uh, 40 expanded rosters of 40 teams in September because you can't do what we're talking about here. Um, That's one part of it. Like, yeah. you're only going to get 26 or 28, I think, in September in a regular season now, right? It's, you can't have... Moving forward. Yeah, I, I don't believe that uh, you're going to have those expanded 40. So you're not going to be able to see 17 pitchers in one game with the Rockies and Dodgers like we've seen in the past. It's That that era is done. Um, A part of the reason I think baseball, like, the attendance is dying with with tanking and whatnot, these teams are playing people who should be in independent leagues right now. Like, Orioles are playing people who've just been bums for way too long. Tigers have been playing way too long with just bums. Those guys shouldn't be in the league. If you give those mid-tier teams just a bit more incentive to go to the playoffs, they're going to take it. Like, um, yeah, I, payrolls aren't going to necessarily go up. The Brewers, despite expanding playoffs this season, cut their payroll. Um, Prior to COVID, they cut their payroll, and I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah, well, and that's another thing is like teams are going to be able to sell fans on the fact that they're saving money now, which is not the right idea to be, you know, to be yes. broadcasting to fans. Yes. Like the Red Sox tweet on on the day after the trade deadline when the luxury tax reset, and everyone was like, <laughs> "Okay, this is terrible to be celebrating. Like, <laughs> this is a win for yeah. nobody except the owners." <laughs> Yes, I I think luxury tax is bad for baseball. That's a whole other argument. Um, yeah. That tweet within itself, I I don't know because you have to funny. you have to embrace the tank at some point. Trading your star player because you don't want to pay him is not embracing a tank. That is being cheap, and Boston was Boston yeah. is cheap for that. John Henry, <laughs> you are a billionaire. You own a you own a one of the most like important soccer teams and baseball teams ever. And you just, I don't know, it, it felt, felt really weird. Embracing but, a tank when you have Raphael Devers and Xander Bogart still on your roster. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, you have all these players and you're like, yeah, no, we, we traded this really good guy because we don't want to spend money. But luxury tax as a whole is bad. It, you shouldn't be uh, punished for spending. You especially shouldn't lose draft picks for spending. That's my biggest gripe with it. Yeah. There should just be a, I mean... I don't know if either team would ever... I mean, either side would ever actually want this, but I wouldn't be against the salary cap for the league. I just I think that... I think that... Because the luxury tax's point is to try to equalize things. But when you just say if you're the richest owner, you can get the best players, I don't think that that's necessarily great. I mean, they're all, they all have a ton of money, obviously. 
But you're Steve Cohen's, yeah. But Steve Cohen, I think, that is richer than the other 29 owners. And he's the new owner of the Mets. Like he, he's richer you know, than he's richer than the three richest owners combined. Yes, that's yeah, that was like true. He's, but you're also so, not, gonna, so you're not spending a billion on the team. Um, sal- I think a salary cap would be bad. Um, because players aren't going to be getting as paid as much. The market's not going to progress. So you would have to have a max contract mm-hmm. and whatnot, and that's not okay for baseball. Like you, you've seen the market expand. Trout's contract, Lukey's contract. If you no, that, do that, that is, you're just going to be able to sell sell people on. Uh, this is why we're trading this guy away now because we want to save money. We have to be on the side. Yeah, and yeah, it's just a whole another way to, for owners to be cheap about things. Yeah, that's um, I, I was once a salary cap guy, and then I've had that broken down. I mean, I was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll pass on that. Yeah, luxury tax. Then it really comes go. back down. Then it really comes back down to the playoff format, and you need to give owners like if there's not a salary cap then you need to give owners a reason to spend money on their team. Mm-hmm. I think there should be a, a salary floor nowadays. You, you can't uh, just that's keep, what I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, you, you, this, it can't just keep happening of a team spending $0 on their team to improve their team in an offseason. That's not, and, that's not how this works. And even if you're a team like Tampa, like Tampa does not spend any money, and they have, they're just so well run. They just conti- they're consistently comp- competing, and it's amazing. But... It shouldn't be as like marvel that like wow they're so cheap and they're still good, yeah, like as much like, as they could be the, better if they weren't cheap about things. Yeah, like, if they the went way. if they went out and signed and traded and signed for Mookie, uh, traded for and then signed Mookie Betts, they'd be better. Or they trade or they signed Bryce Harper, they'd be better than trading because they, they literally trade guys before they hit arbitration. It's not just they don't they don't give guys extensions. They say, "Oh, you're gonna hit arbitration. You're I have to pay you four million dollars now." No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, they, they're cheap. It's like at one point you tipped their hat, you tipped your hat to them because they're doing so much and so little. Same with the athletic yeah. and Moneyball. It's impressive, <laughs> but it's but, not good. But then it's like, okay, well, you can use that same exact method and then be the Dodgers. Instead, you're going to be the Rays. You're going to struggle to win a division if you ever do. The Yankees are better because they're spending and they have a similar. They can bring people up from their farm. Uh, it's yeah. the Rays. I don't know. It's it's weird. You need a salary floor for sure. Yeah, I mean the Rays develop pitching like no one else, and they just can't put a team because they because they develop pitching and then they trade it. Yeah. You know, Charlie Charlie Morton was the blockbuster signing, the biggest signing they've made in years since like they extended Longoria. I mean. They gave, they gave him, like, two years, $32 million. Like, it's not like they... Spent- he, he took a massive oh. discount to just go to their team, too. Yeah, so he just wanted to be there. Just sign... Like, like go go get Garrett Cole. Like, go get... Go spend... Bo- and you have the money to spend. Like, go spend... You have Buku money. They could, they, they could afford... I, I mean, what, what, their salary this year was, like, $70 million, I think. Something like that. So they could, they could go sign, like, five $30 million players and then be... The Yankees, yeah, and the, and and then get to the Yankee level, like like people say, the Yankees buy their championships. That should not be a bad thing. It, it should not. Money. It should Use not it. be hated to buy your teams. Yeah. yeah, it's you. You every single team can buy their championship if they want. It's not like oh, they're in a small market. Like they choose not to buy championships. Like the Athletics, it's uh, the Moneyball, the entire thing. Oh, they did this with this small budget. It's I don't care. You're an yeah. owner with millions, billions, really. Yeah, and and the team that's that's t- partially like we just don't understand how much like 
the the scale of money that's that's <laughs> on the table here. Yeah. Like every owner could afford to run their oh, team. Every owner could afford to spend six hundred million in one year and be fine. Yeah. And be yeah. fine. The, These guys and the team that proves. 100. The team that proves that has absolutely nothing to do with being a small market team is the Mets. The Mets are in New York City and they refuse to spend. Like, they can afford it. They just choose not to because the Wilpons are cheap. Now Steve Cohn's going to come in and that same exact team built the same, same stadium and everything is about to go have a payroll of like $300 million because he is worth like $15 billion. Um, I think, I think the, the Wilpons... The Wilpons uh, not spending is a little overblown because they, they certainly have cheaped out on a lot of their star players and whatnot. But the Mets payroll is high. It's not bottom of the league. It's not mid. It's within the top ten. I'm almost positive. Like I mean, but then you look at things like they they added they they made sure to trade Jared Kalenic because they didn't want to take on all of Cano's salary. Yeah, it's that part that's of some, it. Is, that's a huge issue. They could still have Jared Kalenic. They could have gotten Diaz for less if they just took on Cano's salary. And they're like, we'd rather give you a top prospect than spend an extra couple, uh, an extra millions of dollars. The Angels sent their uh, 2019 first round prospect just to get rid of Zach Cozart's contract for one year. For just one year, they traded off a number one prospect or a number, yeah, their first round prospects. And yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And even like even the, and honestly, it's it's every owner because even the Yankees they're talking about like oh well we we're not going to spend the money on this guy because we want to be able to extend these guys they can do it all they can extend Judge and Severino and everyone and go get Cole and then go get Lindor if they want they can afford to do that they have the money and they have the revenue for sure they make like seven hundred million dollars in revenue obviously that's not all profit but I mean. The Mets are fifth in payroll, by the way. That's actually so, that's shocking, actually. It's very shocking, yeah. But um, they don't, they they don't spend it on free agents. Like they, no, they, they locked spend, up the Grom. Well, they said Grom. Guards on arbitration. Yeah, Cespedes, I guess. But oh, even yeah, then, you, the deal. Mets saved thirty million with Cespedes because of a loophole in his damn contract, yeah. and they spent it on no one, on no one. And you they save money have on spent Cano. The million on and on Jared Kalenic. They could have kept Jared Kalenic for, with that money, and they decided not to. You could assign a pitcher that's not Rick Porcello or Michael Waka. <laughs> you cheaped out on that, despite knowing your rotation was going to be questionable. You let Wheeler go, despite the fact that Wheeler was going to sign for cheap with you, relatively speaking. And I don't know. It's Mets was stupid in that regard. Yeah, I, I, you guys think that uh, Brody stays for a year under Cohen? Uh-huh. I think he's out. I don't know. Um, I don't know if like, he's, he you don't want to fire you, you. don't want to fire your GM uh, in November. Whenever he gets approved, it's going to be in November. You're going to fire your GM and not have anyone there to help you yeah. this offseason. So I don't think you he, can fire him yet. He also has a very good relationship with Ramirez. He was his agent, so that could. Just, I mean, he, they're going to get to the table regardless. Whoever gives him the most money, but I also think. I, I don't th- I don't know if Brody's gonna be a good GM. He probably isn't. He's not a. I mean, even as an agent, I don't know if that, that doesn't qualify him to be a GM. But I don't think he's ever really had a chance with a. He's been capped on how much he could spend as a GM. And he hasn't really. Been, he hasn't on. been the go 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 build the best team you can. It's I think, been go uh, build the best team and don't spend any money. 
I think the the best uh, like thing for that, the best example, is a uh, Jerry Depoto with the Angels. Um, if you look at it on paper, the Angels were terrible. Their farm system became the worst ever. And like, you look at his transactions and whatnot, he was very very limited and was not able to do anything because Artie Moreno made. Um, the previous GM signed Albert Pujols. He gave him that contract. He gave him ninety million more than anyone else. Artie Moreno forced Depoto to sign Hamilton. Ha- uh, he wanted to get Granky back, and he wanted to get Wilson back. We- he didn't want to pay uh, Granky though, so he went another offense. Despite the fact his GM couldn't do anything, he got he was screwed the entire time in Anaheim, and then he goes to Seattle and he gets free reign to do what he wants there. And look at that, they're great. Their their farm system is great. Like they've, it's completely different now for them. And they have the so worst much thing. The worst thing an owner can do is tell a GM what to do. Even it, whether it's go sign this guy or don't don't spend any money. Both yeah. are equally bad. Telling your GM go spend this money and the GM goes, I don't think that's right. Like that's why I actually ended up happening with um when the Yankees signed Ellsbury is that. The Steinbrenners wanted to make a big move after losing Cano. They should have just gotten Cano back, but they, they offered, wanted. They were, I can't believe they offered Robinson Cano and Jacoby Ellsbury the same exact contract. Yeah, it's that unbelievable. Was a slap. That was an insult. But, but they were, Cashman did not want to spend that money on Ellsbury. Cashman is a very conservative GM. He doesn't need. He he knows that he can win games without making flashy moves and being super aggressive like other teams have been, but. So he, he, they just, but they, they were like, go sign Ellsbury, and he had to do it, and it ended up being probably the worst contract in the history of the franchise. One of the worst in the history of the of the sport. I mean, that was absolutely horrible. They signed him for one year. I mean, they literally signed him because he had one good season. He had like one thirty home run season. The rest of his seasons were like 12 home runs, and they were like, oh, okay, let's stick with that. His offense wasn't the best. That Like, in Boston, it was definitely overrated, Um, but his defense was so high. Like, he was, he was a good... Mm-hmm. To great players, too. Like not, not not twenty five million a year, though. No, I mean nowadays nine million is worth one war on the free agent market. Um, so if if you would be paying a, a three to four four player, you're going to give them twenty four million probably. Like that's always worth that, up. You, I haven't. I've never really understood that stat. I've never uh, really understood that stat because I don't understand. Like, like no one is. Is that just what they should be worth, or what they actually are being paid? Because Mike Trout's not making ninety million dollars. Yeah, even no, if the stats are worth it's it, what they're playing to one war would be worth nine million in this and uh, how they're being paid right now. But in the actual econ- economics uh, of baseball, it, it it's is, probably worth it like doesn't four. work like that. Yeah, no, not not to that extent. It's probably like yeah. it, it's a lot of names. Uh, firstly, if you have a good name, like yeah. you're just gonna get paid more. You flash you're gonna get paid more. It's bad bomb. Both are stupid reasonings, but it happens. Yeah. So um, also the other the other implication of this playoff format that we were gonna talk about, which is without rest days, it really magnifies mm-hmm. the importance of your pitching and most importantly your bullpen. Yes. Um yeah, especially the fact that they implemented the no rest days with uh zero time after the deadline, after everything is done, then they're like, Yep, you guys get no no rest days at all. Teams that have yeah. not invested in a good bullpen and in a lot of starting pitching, they are screwed twice as heavily right now. Because so you're not gonna be able to rely teams, on your two or three relievers. 
Even the good teams, even, yeah, the Yankees. Yeah, even teams that have invested on in their bullpen. The Yankees have invested a ton in their bullpen. They're paying, I mean, not, not, not just in paying. I mean, you have Green, Ottavino, Britton, and Chapman. Th- th- their goal is, a starter goes five, you give it to those four guys for every single playoff game. And now, all of a, all of a sudden, they, they just can't do that. You're going to need guys to go multiple innings. You're going to need to rely on guys like Luis Sesa and Jonathan Loisega and Jonathan Holder. Like, it complete and. It, just doing it, if they had entered, I don't think it's a good idea regardless, but if they had entered the year and said there's not going to be any rest of days in the playoffs, that's one thing. But to throw this in, they're just, gonna... I, give, I honestly give the MLB a, lot, or MLB a lot of credit for how they've been able to adapt to this season a lot. I think the doubleheader rule was fantastic. I, I think agree with that. The way that they've scheduled it, it's, been, it's a tough season. But... I don't, but to just spring this huge change, this is a monumental change. This is a difference in how you build your baseball team. Yeah, this the is meta of baseball is going to change because of this one yeah. thing. Now. Yeah, this is a now you need to build your team. You can't go, you definitely can't go three man rotation. You may be able to get by with four, maybe, but you have to pitch everybody on short rest. And some guys just aren't good on short rest. So you probably need five starters now. You definitely need like eight or so relievers. So now it's completely changing. It's not just invest in the top half of your rotation and then you can just get the bottom guys out in the playoffs because they don't matter really. Right. Now it's you have a great one, two, three, and a crappy four, five. You could lose the series because of that. Yeah. One of your um, good starters has an off day and you're yeah. really ho- praying for a lot out of one of those bottom guys of your rotation. Yeah. You, you, and like. The Nationals relied on Anibal Sanchez last year. You you can't do that more often anymore. Like you, you really you cannot. You can't yeah. rely on just and, mid to bad. And now pitchers. it's going to be necessary. I mean, who's a team that has a rotation that deep? Trust the Dodgers. Dodgers. And even even they're hypothetically having rotation problems this year. Yeah. Granted, next year, um, when this is also going to happen again, you're going to have Price back at least. Tony Gonzalez yeah. is going to be back. Bueller is going to be healthy. I'd be surprised. They'll be fine, but. I'd be surprised but if I they mean, keep the no off days next year. Uh, I would too. I think they're trying to keep honestly, the expanded playoffs, though. No, yeah, no, no, no. They're going to the keep no, the playoffs. The no, off days, off days. the no off days, if they're trying to force, like, if they're if they're trying to get more revenue out of the playoffs, no off days kind of forces in subpar pitching matchups compared to what you yeah. might normally have. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like what I was talking about with, like, the, you know, you see a lot of the good players on a team get more rest. You're going to see postseason games where you've got teams throwing out not, not great starters. I mean, if a team makes it out of Cubs, for example, they make it out of the, the best of three um, round, then you get into the next round and you're throwing out Alec Mills for a game that probably decides yeah. the team's fate. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, it's weird. They do have three off days between the wild card round and the division series, so you, you, teams will be able to reset their rotation, which is good. So you'll still have that great game one matchup, but there's a real scenario where it's game five of the ALDS, and instead of Garrett Cole on the mound, the Yankees have to go out and throw Jay Happ against like I, I'm I'm I mean I obviously know the Yankees won other teams, but like just against some other teams five. Yeah. Like there's a real scenario where that happens. Most likely they'll pitch Cole on three day rest in that scenario, but you shouldn't have to. You should be able to. Start your ace comf- on comfortable rest 
if he needs yeah, it, it, like it feels weird. I just think that's bad. I think it the only reason rush this that um, announced. What were you saying? Yeah, and I mean like, sorry, say that again, Christian. Oh, I said it just feels weird to do this so unbeknownst to everyone. Yeah. Like it. Mm-hmm, exactly. And like you know, sticking with talking about the Cubs one more time, like one of the most well-known cases of. Like just, it was notorious how Joe Madden used his bullpen in 2016 because he threw a roll to Chapman so frequently, and that mm-hmm. was with rest days. Like, with imagine how heavily days. managers are going to lean on their best relievers. And Chapman I mean, was not the same on. after that series. Like for the first three months coming back to New York, like he just he was horrible because he was coming. Yeah. He came back from the suspension and then was terrible until pretty much until they traded him to Chicago. Oh no, that was that was next year. That was, I'm gonna see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. I like, forgot the time. You know, yeah, no, we're talking but... about in a in a you know we've already got pitchers getting hurt a lot, getting Tommy John at historic historically high rates, and now if a team makes the postseason, you're taxing your best pitchers taxing. insanely so much. And in a season in which we've already seen all the star pitchers get hurt, practically, yeah. uh, Degrom just went down right now. Um, did he? Yeah, he had a hamstring problem, I believe. Um, but you're seeing a lot of Tommy John surgeries rise after you have this, mm-hmm. uh, this, um, where COVID stopped this all, right? Stopped yeah. baseball as a whole. Everyone came back and a lot of people got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paxton maybe headed towards it. You, you good, Chris? But, uh, no, yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, you just... Because now you also have, I, I think the one okay thing about no off day, I think it's a horrible change, but there's such a small, the regular season was so small that, you know, it's basically just, it's basically not like not having an off day in the month of July for these guys. Obviously it's, it's more, it's a bigger situation, but their arms are not going to be as taxed as if they had played 162 game season and then had no off days. Yeah, so, true. I mean, the Cardinals yeah, are going through a worse stretch right now. Yeah, there's the Cardinals yeah. and Brewers are playing a 10-game series in a week. That's just... Yeah, the, the Cardinals have, I think, 19 games in their last 14 days. Yeah. Something like that. It, it's going to be rough. So if they but make the like playoffs, that, like... Yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be the standard, you know? Yeah. Well, that's also... That has to do a lot with COVID. MLB, like, they're trying their best with this damn schedule. Yeah. Like, you, like we said earlier in the... Uh, podcast like you have to applaud MLB for that one and one thing only because mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 been really how, how can you like just maybe if they just had a bubble to start the season you get a yeah I, I would just like it to be known real quick that Luke Voigt just hit his 19th home run of the season oh boy sure we're uh, gonna see reasonable takes of his MVP <laughs> his on base has plummeted this year so I think it's down like 330, 340, which is not horrible, but it's not as good as it was. He was at like 380. So he's definitely not MVP caliber, but 20 home runs in 60 games would be very impressive. Yeah, yeah especially going into the next that. season. Um, speaking of MVPs, who do you guys have as your top three for AO and then for NL? I've got to check again because I think I like a week ago I would have told you in the NL that Tatis and Happ are up there and I don't think they are anymore. Um. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Soto right now. Just looking at the top of my head. I mean, just looking at least at Juan the, Soto uh, you're talking about here, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the man has a 1.178 OPS right now. Um, Entering today. I mean, yeah. that is just insane. Yeah. He's, the only problem is he's played, like, 20 less games than everyone. So, like, yeah. it's, it's going to be hard. He's qualified. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to it's justify. Like, it's like Mike Trout in most seasons, you know? Uh, like, tw- his, well, the year Altuve won, it, it was Trout's MVP. Yeah. He just, he, he could, he didn't play long enough. Um, so, that, that's my only thing against Soto. Well, the year um, Altuve won, Judge should have won, but. Yes, but Altuve didn't. That's, that was the only. Uh, for the NL, I have Freddie Freeman, one, Fernando Tatis, two, and then um, Mookie Betts, three. Yeah. yeah, I think Freeman definitely... Freeman has been... And he has over, I think, 1,100 OPS right now. Yeah, well, like, Tatis has a 156 WRC+. plus. He's finally hitting a little stretch of regression that I've been saying he was going to hit the last year and a half now. <laughs> um, yeah. 156 WRC+, plus to a 190 for Freeman. Their war is separated by 0.1. There's no reason Tatis is, would be your favorite if you're looking at this from an analytical standpoint. Like, he's been flashy. I love watching him. Everything about him has been great this season. Um, and his numbers this season have been very uh, very consistent and um, projectable for the next couple of seasons. Like, it's not like fluky, high BABIP. His BABIP is normalized. Yeah. His walk rate's really good. Fernando Tatis is the real deal. He's um, a superstar. Superstar. But uh, I would go Freddie Freeman right now over him. Yeah, he deserves an MVP. I would not be mad about it. Love Freeman. And then for the AL, um, I'm going to go Anthony Rendon 1, Mike Trout 2, Kyle Lewis 3, but I also want to Tim, no, sorry, Tim Anderson 3, and then Kyle Lewis 4th. I really, he deserves to be mentioned here. I mean, I know that you're completely Let's against uh, check in on the record pitchers. The Angels that have Anthony <laughs> Rendon and Mike two and a half, Two and a half back of a playoff spot right now. Um, okay. Okay. And that, yeah. boys and girls, is why they should get rid of this 16. <laughs> uh, to be fair, in a 162 game series, or season, we're better than that. Athletics and Houston, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, uh, I am against pitchers being in uh, MVP I kept, uh, conversations. Like Shane Bieber has been phenomenal. That's easiest Cy Young ever. I just, I, I don't think- know. I have a hard time putting pitchers yeah. in MVP conversations. And I don't. I think outside of Bieber, there's not necessarily a pitcher that deserves to be up there oh, no. in the MVP conversation. Bieber's been so good. Like Bieber's been. Re- there's a. There's a reason pitchers are not usually in the Cy Young conversation. And when one when one yeah MVP, they're always in the Cy Young conversation. Uh, <laughs> when one is, it's always like, okay, this guy's been extra special this year. What's like? Has he been bet more valuable than than actual hitters who play every day? By war, he's above Rendon by point three, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, it's yeah, he, is, he is the AL war leader. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just I don't think. Well, he's I know a, your issue is that you think that pitchers have their award and hitters should. Well, if the Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron award is just not valued, like yeah, if the Hank Aaron award was valued more, but it's not yeah. valued. Yeah. So if um, the Hank Aaron Award was valued more, would you be okay with pitchers being inside on MVP conversations? Yes, but like I, in my eyes, a pitcher has to be so much better than everything, everyone else within the division or within um, yeah. everything. He has to be so much better 
And I don't think he's been so much better than everyone um, else within the MVP conversation. Like, it's not it's not yeah. a clear thing for him. Uh, it's it's also, like... It's like, the, the year Kershaw won, I would have said Kershaw should have won. He was clearly the best over 162, and it was no hitter with no hitter within his... His range. You had McCutcheon, maybe, but even him, I feel like it's just a step below. Kershaw was on that higher tier. The year Verlander the won, absolutely thing... should not have won. <laughs> yeah, but and the other thing I think I, I think there is to be said about that is like we've seen pitchers go on better stretches for twelve starts, half a season than we're seeing even from Bieber. I mean, like Bieber is having historic strikeout rates, but mm-hmm. he's still his home run rates are not incredible. And so, you know, he's got a 153 ERA, which obviously very, very good. But we've seen stretches of this length from pitchers in the past that are have better results than what any pitcher in baseball is getting. I agree. Um, There's been a... Where's that? Uh, um, my, my thing is, with, with how short of a sample size this is, it's like, it's hard, it's hard to justify anyone, like... With with Shane Bieber, I would know for a fact he's not going to keep a 150 ERA this entire year and a full 162. Mm-hmm. His left on base percentage is 94. percent You're supposed yeah. to be around 70. percent 94 is unheard of. You're not going to have that in a full season. Like you, eventually things are going to start falling through and you're going to get those rough couple of starts because everyone has. So you're just not not going to yeah. have it. Um, but yeah, I I can't say that he's been so much better than everyone else. Yeah, I would agree. By ERA, like, in the AL, absolutely he has. I, I think um, it'd be just Kenta Maeda close to him in that regard. Kenta Maeda is a very Kenta underrated Sayang, <laughs> uh, obviously. Kenta Maeda's BABIP is under 200 last time I checked. <laughs> um... Or Babip against yeah, it's one ninety seven Babip against Kensamaeda hitters have this year. Like Babip. Like really. Dallas Keichel, if you're just looking at ERA and ERA alone, Dallas Keichel's your number two. He's second best yeah. ERA in in the AL. I'm not voting Dallas Keichel at all. <laughs> but Yeah, but I mean props to him and like, props to the White Sox for, for betting on him. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, for the AL, I'd go Rendon, Trout, uh, Tim Anderson, Kyle Lewis. Trout probably has not been the best player in the AL, but I think that they should just give it to him because they've screwed him so many times. Three, and three he's, times, yeah. he's, he's been robbed multiple of multiple MVPs that at this point it's kind of like, okay, that's just, <laughs> just give him one that he doesn't deserve, maybe. He's I mean, been great, like, obviously. He's Mike Trout. He's been great I, again. Really, I you can't even say that he doesn't really deserve this one. He's he's tied for second in WRC plus with Tim Anderson. Mm. Nelson Cruz is first, but uh, personally, I'm not going to give a DH MVP. Is Nelson Cruz is so good? It's really insane just how he, he is very good. But so his WRC plus is only one higher than Anderson, Trout, and Rendon. Now, just one. I'm not gonna. Yeah. If he was right. in the 190s still, and they were in the 170s, it's a genuine conversation. Yeah. Cruz, but it's not anymore. Um. So yeah. I think Madison, I, Frank... in my heart, I cannot vote him. He has a 438 BABIP. It's just so like clear. This is not. Ah, it's it's hard for me to justify um production uh, and peripherals for rewards. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard for me to say Tim Anderson deserves MVP. 
I think Jeremy Flank posted a tweet about Trout basically saying he has, I think it was about a 400 on base percentage on 02 counts. Like on counts starting 02, he gets on base 40% of the time. Like he is, the man is just, he's the best player that we've ever, probably ever seen. Except for Barry Bond. He's very, very close. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, this season, he has been unlucky when it comes to his walk rate. His walk rate plummeted, and he's had, uh, like, a uh, 6% increase in uh, strikeouts. It's in strikes, yeah. Because of Rendon. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's going to get more fastballs, but there's been a lot of pitches just not going his way on 3-2 counts and whatnot. So the strikeout percentage is uh, ever so increased this season with the walk percentage going down. And, like, over a full 162, that normalizes even more. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's been better than than the amazing that he's been. Yes, his 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 OBP is finally over four hundred this season, which is uh is amazing. But if you're a casual fan, there's no way you're not going to Tim Anderson, right? You have a three seventy seven batting average. He's, he's oh, yeah. hitting home runs like yeah. He's hit eight I still runs. think consecutive, consecutive batting titles most likely. If Judge never went down, he was going to win it, I which just, I remain. I remain that opinion. Right. He plays amazing defense still, and he was hot and unbelievable. My preseason pick went down. this year is... Well, firstly, my preseason pick is always Mike Trout until Mike Trout is hurt. So anytime I pick someone else, it's just if Mike Trout is hurt. But this season, I said uh, John Carlos Stanton would be the favorite non-Trout MVP, and I stood by that if he didn't get hurt. I think he would have just exploded. He was this red year. hot. He, he had been so unlucky in the past year and even the year prior almost. Like it would have he would have had everything go right for him this season if he yeah. didn't care. That's, uh, well, he, he had started the season really tank. well. The absolute tank that he hit against the Nationals in that opening game or opening series, yeah. like one twenty one yeah. exit velocity. I was, was like, My goodness, he's about to tear. <laughs> it's really insane when you think about how hard him, Judge, and I mean Gary's been horrible, but whenever Gary puts the ball in play, those guys hit the ball so hard. I think Gary this year has eight has sixteen hits, eight home runs, and nineteen RBIs. <laughs> he has <laughs> I think he's a forty percent strikeout rate or something like that. He it's it's insane. I mean that's that strikeout rate I hope is unsustainable. Like yeah, so when, he, when, he, when he hits bad on the ball, he gets bad luck. It's just he can't hit, hit the ball. He's missing so many pitches. His walk rate's up because he's taking a lot more pitches. He just any strike he sees. I think there was a stat. It was it was as of a couple weeks ago, but he had seen like he had like fifty meatballs this year, and he swung and missed at like twenty three of them, and only got hits on like four of them. It it was not great for Gary. But hopefully so. he'll back. So we're talking about the White Sox, and I just found a stat that I would like to uh, highlight, which is in the top 40 position players by F4, there are three that have a walk rate under 6%. Oh, Tim Anderson at 5.2, Jose Abreu at 5.2, and Eloy Jimenez at 5.7. Yeah. Um, All three White Sox. <laughs> over the, uh, so Chris, what are you saying about that being unsustainable? Oh, it's very unsustainable. Um <laughs> They have the 15th highest team BABIP ever. Uh, they're tied with uh, 1895 Cleveland Spiders. <laughs> if, uh, 
the only team uh, in today's game that has ever babbaged that high is the Colorado Rockets. That's all. And that, that's Coors. We all know that's just because Coors is Coors and Coors will always be Coors. No team um, has ever done this for more than one season. They've done it. They did it in 2019 where it was this high and now they're doing it again. It's, it's just you can't, ah, you can't say that this is sustainable. I don't know. Yeah, because Tim Anderson doesn't even Tim Anderson isn't even that elite in sprint speed, is he? No, he's he's not that fast. He's a bad defender. He he hits for power occasionally. Like he hits for decent power. Does not walk a lot. Strikes out a lot. He just finds the hole everywhere he goes. Yeah, clearly. And I don't know, man. I... Jose Abreu this season has had the highest quality of contact ever, ever. Like it's just ridiculous how good it is right now. Um, that just can't sustain. Luis Rodgers, again. So where do you stand on, like, Babbitt versus, like, exit velocity? Like, do you think, like, like, what, like, like if a guy's a really high, because, I mean, I assume high exit velocity has to do with a high X Woba. So do you think that, like... Man, Jose Abreu just another one. Uh, <laughs> do you think that there are some guys that they just hit the ball real hard, and so that's why they have a high BABIP? Absolutely. Mookie Betts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you have the BABIP usually has a lot of um, hard hit with line drives. Uh, so five ball hitters are never going to get like high line drive or high BABIP. It's always line drive hitters. If you have a high exit velocity and you're hitting line drives, you're going to have a high BABIP. And if you're fast, you're also going to have a high BABIP. Tim Anderson doesn't hit the ball that hard. His his exit velocity is, is league average. I mean, he just makes contact. So I don't know. His his whiff percentage, his strikeout percentage, none of that would point to him having a high BABIP in the same way that um someone like David Bletcher would. David Bletcher doesn't swing and miss often. He doesn't strike out often. He's always putting the ball in contact. So you'd expect him to have a higher BABIP in that same regard. Tim Anderson, he doesn't do that. He just I don't know. I, I he's an anomaly to me. All right, so this was a surprise, really good Diamond Digest podcast. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Ryan. I'm Adam Koplik, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. Goodbye.